once again, the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Doc Murphy, from the Twin Cities of Minnesota in Paganistan. And in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman of ConjuremanConsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest, Evan Lionheart of ReadingsByEvan.com from New Jersey, bringing us today's topic of rebuilding our communities through Conjure. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or rupert as defined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from those among who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjure Man. Miss Cat? Oh my gosh, Doc Murphy! <laughs> 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 I bet that surprised a bunch of folks. Yeah! Wow! So, so grateful to you for coming in as our announcer, because our announcer, Evan, is our guest. Um, yeah. Thank you, thank you, Doc Murphy, and you did that with such a professional voice. Wow, you're you're ready for prime time, baby. <laughs> I'm, a pro- I'm a professional blabbermouth. <laughs> well, that was that was quite the treat. Um, really knocked my socks off, and of course, it's just really great to be able to have Evan here as a guest. As y'all know. We don't take our roles seriously. We all swap around, and everybody on this show has done duty as one thing or another at one point or another. Well, um, let's see. We're supposed to start with me, so let me just start with myself. I'm here. It's a nice sunny day in Northern California. The pandemic continues to rage outside my doors. Mm -hmm. I continue to stay safe. Um, I've been working on a new project, and... um, in addition to, you know, like all the readings I do and all the writing I do, I've been working on a new project. I'd like to tell folks about it for just a minute. Um, we've been running the Lucky Mojo Forum since late 2008, in December 2008. So we're coming up on an anniversary of that forum. And there are thousands, tens of thousands, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of posts, members, threads, thousands of threads. And they've been organized over the years into distinct topics. And I have to give a shout-out to a former admin, Miss Aida, who helped me one one year. We spent six months organizing the entire forum. And we really did a good job together, and it w- worked out, and we've been using that system ever since. And what has happened is some of these threads are very long, but they are the most popular topics. And over the years, I think um, a lot of folks take the Lucky Mojo Forum for granted. It comes up in a Google search, you know, how do I dress and load a candle? Whoop, up comes the Lucky Mojo Forum. And they go, I don't know, what, you know, what about that? So I've decided to revivify and refresh the most often posted two topics at the forum by um, promoting each topic at Facebook. And, of course, anyone who wants to can copy those on over to Instagram and to Twitter, 
I've provided each one of the ones that I have revived with a image, a photo, at the beginning. And the photo is posted at Facebook, and then when you click on it, that photo is in the first post. And I am actually tinkering with these threads just a little bit so that you can also tell which ones they are because the first post will be made by me. And I don't take away anybody else's post to do that. I just move them down and put myself at the beginning to define what the thread or the topic is about, provide some uh, links to um, you know free websites, uh, inexpensive books, and so forth. And then I give a few definitions of terms, and then the questions and answers begin. So these threads that have been revived or revised or annotated have become much more useful because they really kind of don't just start with somebody asking a random question. And I'm going to be doing this at the rate of one per day until I become bored and lose interest because, after all, I do have Gemini rising, even though I am a Taurus. And at some point, like everyone with Gemini rising, I will become completely bored and never do it again. But for now, (laughs) it's it's happening. (laughs) Truer words were never spoken, I'll tell you, about myself. Um, But... um, but anyway, that's what's happening, and I want everyone to know that I've been really pouring my heart into it. If you follow Lucky Mojo on Facebook, if you follow my uh, profile, Catherine Ironwood, on Facebook, you'll see these links. They're also linked on and promoted through the uh, Lucky Mojo Radio Network page on Facebook and through a few other associated pages like a Missionary Independent Spiritual Church and and so forth and so on. Anybody is welcome to share these if the topic is of interest to you. I'm trying to go for as many different topics as possible and to get people um, kind of hooked into the fact that there is an awful lot of material in the forum. And um, and I think you can um, verify that, Conjurvanali, because you have long been a member of the forum and have posted so many important answers to questions. Um, and... I, looking back when I've been, been resorting these threads and looking back at how much you've done, uh, uh, it's really amazing, Ali. I'm just very grateful to to your oh, uh, contributions. Happy mm-hmm. to, very happy to. Yeah, well, it's a the, the forum is a great resource, and um, and now recently I've been seeing Evan has been posting his his answers to questions, and again, it's such a generous act on Evan's part, and I really appreciate everyone who's ever been a a forum seeker, uh, Mm -hmm. moderator, Mm -hmm. admin. It's really a collective thing. Right now, uh, we have as our chief admin, Miss Athena, who's been a guest on this radio show quite often, too. And again, all thanks and praise to Miss Athena. And um, I may not always be on the forum because I have, you know, other things to do. I go through my phases, you know, I'll post every few days. But really, it's the work of the community that keeps that forum going. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it is an amazing resource, and it's a place to go. I only have one word of advice to anyone who's hearing this radio show, hasn't gone to the forum, has a question, wants to know what to do next. Number one. You can post a question, but you have to remember that your first three um, questions uh, or first three posts will be hand-moderated by an admin or moderator because we're trying to keep trolls and spammers and haters off the forum. So we have to check you out for three posts. That's number one. Number two, 
if you're going to post, don't create your own thread. Find the thread that is about what your topic is because we've already fixed all the threads. We're not going to have more threads. It's not going to go on endlessly spewing sideways. It goes long ways, not sideways. So find a thread and add to it. And then before you post your question, start with the beginning of the thread and read to where you are because you may find that your question was already answered. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's nothing um, more frustrating to the hardworking moderators and admins than to see for the 17th time in five pages someone asking, how do I dress a candle with the oil going upward or downward? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? And then you have to go, uh... No, you can also go from the middle upward and downward. You can rub it and roll it like it was a sexual organ. You can put it on the back only. You can put it on the name only. You can put it under, you know, you can do the head only. You know, and they're, they're all like, what? <laughs> you know, so um, read, read the thread you're interested in before you post your question. That's how things are here in Forestville. How are you today, Conjure Man? <laughs> I'm doing well. I, I do want to just mention that the... Every almost every spell we've mentioned in the on the radio show has at one point or another been shared at the forum. So that's the type of resource we're talking about. Um, it, it's immense. If you're right. looking for some type of working, if you're looking for, you know, a breakup spell, a love me spell, a come to me spell, a money spell, a lot keep away spell, mm-hmm. it's all on, on that form. It really is quite a, an immense uh, resource. So definitely check it out. I, I try to, I don't go on as frequently as I used to, but I try to every few days pop in, answer a question or two, approve a post or two. Uh, so it's, it's really a fantastic, fantastic resource. I'm excited that you're, <laughs> there's some new stuff going on uh, over there. Um, I've been, I've been quite busy uh, on my end, even though that we've had this sort of uh, Thanksgiving weekend and, and Black Friday and all that um, uh, doing, you know, lots of work. Uh, the holiday season is just, it picks up in regards to root work. It's like it's the it's the time where people are anxious. People are starting to ask whether they're doing uh you know applications for colleges and whatnot. Hey, can you? What does my future look like? And, and can you help me with this application? How do I succeed? How do I help my child get into their college of their dreams? How do I help my child get into the program of their dreams? Lots of work around um, family matter stuff family's coming over for Christmas. What do I do to make sure everyone's safe? We're doing it virtual this year. How do we make sure people don't do, that I don't want to, you know, show up during our Zoom session? Mm-hmm. But also, you know, there's sort of the pandemic is the looming question, as you've mentioned before, right? Am mm-hmm. I going to have a job? Am I going to have a job next year is like the number one question I've been getting the past, mm-hmm. I would say, a few weeks. As as we're coming up on on 2021, I do a lot of year forecasts or annual forecasts. And people want to know, is 2021 going to look better for them? Is it going to be worse for them? It, you know, are they going to have a job next year? Are they going to are they going to be financially safe? Is their relationship going to survive the tensions of the pandemic? So it's the anxiety is very much there. We've only got a few more weeks left in 2020, and then we're off to a new year. So it's interesting times for sure. 
You know, it really is, and I have to agree with you that um, questions about jobs, careers, and family matters is pretty much what I've been getting. Um, There are still, you know, there's always the love questions, but, oh, my gosh, so many people Mm -hmm. have job problems. It's heartbreaking. Um, it is. And every, I'm going to say something here, and you're going to think I'm just an, you know, just an old, curmudgeonly hippie. But please, guys, follow Bernie Sanders in in social media. Bernie Sanders is telling it like it is. He has nothing to lose. He's just telling the truth. Right. People right. out there are hungry. They are jobless. It is not yep. getting better. Yeah. It is getting yeah. worse. Um, for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to pull this together is going to take a tremendous amount of effort considering where the Senate is right, right. now and yeah. the Supreme Court and God knows what else Trump managed to, you know, throw a spanner in the works and about. And so we have um, work ahead of us. And that kind of brings mm-hmm. us to today's topic, right? Um, yeah, a fantastic topic. I have to, I have to just laugh. Shudder in the chat room said, "Miss Cat, that's the only kind of hippie worth being." <laughs> Bernie Sanders, old hippie. <laughs> All right, um, <laughs> but do do follow Bernie because he's telling the truth and and no holds barred. And um, and he's got the statistics. I mean, he brings the receipts and. Uh, all right. Now, uh, we're, that's going to bring us to today's topic with Evan. So before we get to the topic, though, I want to bring Evan in. I think most everyone knows Evan Lionheart through his brilliant career at Hoodoo Psychics. He recently joined AIR, and he has you know, been with us for quite a while here. And now he's doing some moderation in the forum, the Lucky Mojo Forum. He's become our announcer. And um, so, hello, Evan. Tell us what's going on with your life. Welcome, hello, welcome. hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me today. Um, things things are very similar to what you're experiencing over there on the West Coast. Here in Jersey, things are uh, turbulent, to say the least. And, mm-hmm. you know, I I really, I've, you know, just been trying to expand on my history as a root worker. I've been reading about root workers such as Dr. Grant um, and, you know, Father Sims. And, there's a major component in this work, which is that these are communi- these are community-centered people. These are people mm-hmm. that work within the paradigm of assisting their community, whether or not they're coming to them for quote-unquote spiritual work. And this situation that we're dealing with, I'm looking at it from two lenses. I'm looking at it from a biblical lens, more specifically with Matthew 18:20 that talks about where two or three are gathered. In my name, there I am in the midst. And also looking at it from an astrological lens with Jupiter getting ready to move into Aquarius. Um, If anyone is familiar with this lovely Capricorn pileup, which we talked about last week, uh, (laughs) Jupiter in Aquarius is really going to help to set a new tone socially uh, when it moves in December 19th. And I'm hoping that it looks like expanding in unconventional ways, maybe to put a more humanitarian value in place. And, you know, some of the ways that we can approach that as root workers or even just casual workers, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be free readings or pro bono work. It can be, but just look at ways of approaching community service. And that can be just setting lights in your own house. That can be, you know, cooking a specially fixed meal for the homeless person down the street. And, and just in those small ways of being of service to other people, we can really revolutionize and, and flow with this new energy that's coming in, this, this wave of change, 
so to speak. I have I have a lot to talk about on this, but I know that I can kind of go mm-hmm. on a bit. So <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna pause and you know just give a break. <laughs> well, um, let's let's talk about um, uh, some of what we're talking. First of all, um, we're going to talk about um, what it means to be a community worker. And there's a whole history of this, and as most of you know, I'm interested in history. Um, At AIR, the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers site, um, we've been writing a series of web pages on some of the best-known African-American mediums and spiritualists. Um, And this is a a topic which we're going to be having more of these. And I want to give a little shout-out, Miss Michael and Dr. Jeremy Weiss, and uh, Mama Virgie, uh, Lady Muse, Nagashiva, and others have assisted on writing these pages, editing them, and finding um, pictures for them. Most of these older root workers, before the current Internet fad for hoodoo, Mm -hmm. really did have a place in their community. And, of course, in these days of um, polarized racial identity, it's an an embarrassing and inconvenient truth that many of those workers were white as well as black and worked to serve the black community. Now, we focused at AIR on black root workers and mediums uh, to uphold and uplift the core African-American nature of hoodoo. But there are people of color at the core, but there are people of conscience in hoodoo and have been all along. And this group of people who work together and knew each other. If you read, for instance, the Harry Hyatt um, collection of material from 1,605 African Americans and one white guy, um, he recorded in the 1930s through 1970, he found that um, 60% of black people that he interviewed believed in hoodoo and practiced it or had a familiarity with it, and 40% of white people knew about it and had some form of folk magic that was similar, um, if not identical, in the South. And so he interviewed only black people because he wanted to get, as he put it, you know, the most um, number of spells per mile traveled. He had, it was on a limited budget. But um, it's now convenient to say that hoodoo is only for blacks. You must be genetically black and so forth in other words, to practice it. But that is not historically true. And so to all of the people of any other ethnicity or genetic background or mixed background who are listening to this, I want to say, you know, welcome to the table. I myself, as I've mentioned before, Jewish. Uh, Conjurman is Middle Eastern. Um, I hope you don't mind my saying that, right, Conjurman? No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> okay. Um, and, uh, and, and his family is from Afghanistan. And... Um, there's um, other people who who work here. Evan is African American. You can't maybe tell all these things by listening on the radio. So I'm trying to give you some idea. And Doc Murphy is from Paganistan and is what Italian? What are you, Doc Murphy? Um, Italian, Greek, and Irish. Italian, Greek, and Irish. Boy, there you go. All right. Um, so, so you know, people who have conscience and people who want to work for good will take on roles in a community to help and uphold and support and uplift and transform that community for the better, and helping people is 
on an individual basis is one way we can do that and also earn a living at it. After all, we're not all born rich in philanthropists, and not all philanthropists um, understand that spiritual work is necessary. So uh, there are philanthropists who work, you know, by building housing, and there are philanthropists who, you know, do things like providing schools, like the Rosenwald schools in the South, which were provided by the guy who owned Sears Roebuck at one point. But these um, things are done by philanthropists, usually not involving spirituality. And what you often find are that the spiritual helpers and leaders come from both within the community and have joined the community. So I just wanted to say something about that in these troubled times where um, ex-President Trump, (laughs) soon-to-be-disposed dictator, (laughs) um, tried to make everybody you know, stand their ground for their own ethnicity and fight with each other. So that's what he was looking for, you know, divisiveness. We have to kind of pull together and look at who supports the community and don't don't um don't look down on anybody, no matter where they come from and what they have to say, who wants to support generally by the community, poor working people, people of color, trans people you know what I'm saying? Gay people, disabled people. This is our community. These are our people. And so that's all I have to say. I didn't didn't give you a hoodoo spell, but I just wanted to give you a little (laughs) preach. So there you go. The care of community here is the important phrase, right? And the people of conscience is the key word here. Um, I think the great aspect of the Internet is that it has really in many ways popularized hoodoo in a way that I don't think anyone really imagined from a family tradition, a series of of cultural and spiritual traditions that were generally associated with families, really opened it up for people to to enter it from all variety of backgrounds. But the drawback to that is that what was lost along the way was the sense of community. And while people make digital spaces at their communities, they sometimes forget that being a practitioner of hoodoo is not putting up your shingle and charging money for putting some candles out or selling some love spells here or there. That first right and foremost, the fundamental aspect of hoodoo was the service of a community. It was about the dispossession of the black community in America through systemic racism, the experience of slavery, um, and the ability to reclaim power. You know, think of the products and, and the works that exist in Hoodoo Law Keep Away, right? This is for a community mm-hmm. that could not, that didn't want to deal or couldn't deal with the fact that the justice system was skewed, right? They needed the upper hand, mm-hmm. the spiritual help to address the fact that your local sheriff wasn't your friend in the same way that uh, they were the friends of Ryan and Tim and, and, and you know, Susan or whatnot, right? That mm-hmm. your local judge wasn't going to be in favor of you. And so the the community aspect was already built into Hoodoo. That Hoodoo had it there, that root doctors charged for mojo bags, but also recognized that they were providing a service for a community. And that sometimes gets lost in it. So, yeah, you don't have to be from, from a particular background to practice Hoodoo, but you better have a community-oriented mind. If you were, for example, one of the frustrating aspects for me is seeing people who, who may not be black, who come into hoodoo, but then who deny things like systemic racism, who deny the black roots of hoodoo, who refuse, who see themselves as putting up Etsy stores, but who aren't out there praying on behalf 
of dispossessed people, praying on behalf of marginalized people, standing up for people who may be voiceless and powerless. That, for me, is deeply frustrating. And so I love this topic because it's not just about saying, oh, we should be generous and charitable and you know, do a little bit of philanthropy. It's about reorienting our thinking. This is, this, Evan's topic here is so fantastic because you have to move away from the idea that you're just an individual, solitary hoodoo person setting up altars and worshiping deities or whatever. This, is, this, isn't, yeah. this isn't solitary witchcraft. This isn't solitary wicca. This is about you being a spiritual healer, a root doctor. I mean, the word doctor is there. A root doctor for a community. And that right there is the key. Yeah. Cousin Joshua just said something really nice in chat. I want to carry forward into audible conversation. He said, it's derived from the necessity for alternative means to access to power, a form of spiritual recourse where justice is not widely available to marginalized folks. Very well well said, Cousin Joshua. And and this is... Yeah, this is what we are about and what we should talk about. Now, there are ways of doing this, and I'm going to kick the the, the practical aspect off with the idea of a community altar. Very simple thing for any root worker to make. This would be an altar where people can bring their petitions and prayers and place them on the altar. The first community altar I ever saw was in Oakland, California in the mid-1960s. It was in the back of a candle shop. The shop was one of those long, narrow shops, like it had formerly been a cabinetry shop, I believe, because in the back there was a a wooden uh, workbench, like a carpenter's workbench with a vise and everything on it, and that was being used as the community altar. It It was built into the building and had never been taken out. And on it, there was a kerosene lamp, um, you know, an old-fashioned lamp, and there were candles and things and people's petitions. And truth to tell, the man who ran this place didn't clean up after himself, so it was kind of like a a large, uh, what I guess what you would call a midden of of old petitions and dust <laughs> and wax. <laughs> and it was it was. <laughs> quite interesting to see because the petitions would just sort of get moved aside and new petitions would come in and he never discarded them and so it was a community altar it was you know what i used to call the hopes and fears of all the years i mean it was was whatever people wanted was on that one altar and the altar was like i said a large carpenter's uh, workbench so after that, I saw other community altars that were more formally made, and they were also cleaner and neater and kept dressed up, you know. And one, so one of the things you can do as a budding root worker is to start a community altar. You might not have clients mm-hmm. come to you and, and leave you written petitions, but you can clip things out of the newspaper and put them there. Should justice be done on this or that? Now, Miss Michael calls this her justice altar. And Miss Michael is known for having kept a justice altar with um, fantastic uh, work being done every day for everybody. Um, so, uh, Doc Murphy says, "Midden archaeological term for trash pile." Well, yes, in a in a nice way. It's also what would archaeology be without middens, after all? Um, so, <laughs> so. <laughs> and Miss Michael is also in our chat. So. Just shout out to Miss Michael. Your Justice Altar has been an inspiration to many people. So that was my idea. Start a community altar. I'm going to pass this back to Evan. What would you recommend? Absolutely. Um, well, 
I like Miss Mikel's idea of working with the situations that are close to home. And one thing that I do in my local um, city is I actually look at the local news every day and I follow like the trends of, you know, any crime things that happen to, um, uh, you know, be rampant. And if you look on my air page, I actually have a lamp that I made a couple years back for black lives matter. Um, that's, that's my lamp that is pretty much always going like I add things to that lamp. I add people to that lamp. I place things underneath that lamp. And I'm a big believer that even if you can't get an altar space, you can work a lamp. Like a, a lamp in mm-hmm. itself is almost like an altar unto itself. Um, the spell that I'm giving at the end is very community-oriented. But just to give a couple more tricks that you can work with, especially if you're somebody who's a more casual worker, um, don't knock the power of simply setting lights in the morning. Like I, I'm a big believer in lights and incense. So even if you just start off with a simple blessing incense, you, you burn a little bit in the morning with a white candle and just pray for your city. I'm, I like working with photos too. So if you have a flag of your city, if your city has a, or, or your ordinance has a particular flag um, or even your state, you can use that as an anchor piece for your work. Um, I, I really like what um, Kajman had said regarding using lock heap away. And I, I tend to recommend to people as well to look into using Van Van oil for situations where justice is lacking, for flipping situations where there's an, an, an unusual amount of injustice. And I, I like using that for my community candles as well. Um, yeah, so those are just some of the tricks off the top of my head that I can think of. Um, how about you, Kajman? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a I, I'm a big believer in prayer circles. Uh, people often overlook how powerful it can be to get a few people praying on the exact same issue. Um, this was very common where I was growing up. Uh, I grew up in, in Virginia, where in the black church in particular, if there was an issue, um, and it was generally uh, you know a group of aunts, <laughs> a group of aunts and mothers and grandmothers. Uh, who would sort of pray for that person and say, so, hey, I have, a, I have an exam coming up. So-and-so is trying to pass the bar. So-and-so's got surgery. And they would all pray, and they would select a time. They would all pray together. Uh, this was done sometimes uh, in person, where they would be in a literal circle, or they would do it in their house. They would organize this at church, generally before or after service. So-and-so, is this is happening. We're going to be praying for this person. And they would all get together and pray uh, for that one issue. And it's a very powerful way of bringing the attention of spirit to a particular matter. When people call out collectively, it also has the uh, intended effect of creating community right then and there. You have your prayer community who's working for the larger community. So finding like-minded people. And in this digital space, you can do it online, right? The Crystal Silence League is a prime example of this or taken to the, to the next level, this prayer circle, finding people, hey, we've got this particular issue, right? This Georgian election that's coming up. Let's pray for that. Uh, but we've got this situation of, of people standing in bread lines, right? trying to get food because the pandemic has caused food shortages and, and job loss. Uh, let's pray for that. Getting just a handful of people together to pray on a particular issue is extraordinarily powerful. And if you can get all those people to light a candle, that much the better. All right. Um, I'm going to just comment here. California sister says, before sunrise, I'll burn incense on the back porch for my neighborhood. 
That's a real good one. And I know people who also will set up perimeters of protection around a block or a neighborhood. Uh, Cousin Joshua asks in the chat, I'm curious to know what you all might have to say about the worker as facilitator or communicator, not just for spiritual powers, but also to government or institutional ones. It seems like there is a strong intersection of interest there, and I'm curious to know if any folks might have experienced with this. Georgia needs your prayers. We really do. Yeah, I agree on that one. I will answer that as I know it. In the Jewish community, the go-between between the Jewish community, which is marginalized and usually ghettoized in, uh, even to this day um, in modern times, um, is called a fixer. That's just the word we use, a fixer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just an English word. And so the fixer is a person who will be your go-between um, between the um the law enforcement agencies, the building code people, the whatever it may be, the local hoodlums, so whoever needs fixing gets fixed, whether they have to be paid off or whether and bribed or whether they have to be talked to rationally, whether a protest has to happen, the fixer is, is the fixer. Now, the fixer um, is usually a community member who, and I have, have to say this very um delicately for fear of being misunderstood. In the Jewish community, the fixer is someone who is more white or Christian appearing, generally. And the same is true in the black community. Um, the, the fixers that I know of, historically, tended to be people who were certainly rural, if they lived in a rural area, urban if they lived in an urban area, but they were open to diversity, and some of them were what we would call biracial or multiracial ethnically. And so they would be the, as we used to say back in my day, you know, the nice members of the NAACP would call upon somebody. They were the fixers. They were not going out there like the Black Panthers and holding guns. The there's a there's a place for for the revolutionaries and there's a place for the fixers. So um, when the nice members of the NAACP called on somebody, they listened because they knew that if they didn't listen, there was going to be the you know it was a one-two punch. Let's say it that way. So in these small communities where root doctors were fixers, um, I, I can think of no better example, cousin Joshua, than um, the uh, Dr. Jim Jordan of um, Como, North Carolina. And he was um, African-American, part Native American, I think one-quarter Native American. He had a a general store. He sold hoodoo goods. He sold books on hoodoo. He did spells. He did um, root work. He did readings. He used a crystal ball. He was multicultural in some of his approach, but strictly lived within the black community as a black man. That's how he was perceived, member of the Baptist Church. But he made a point to always buy a new Buick every couple of years from the white Buick dealership and to go in with his money and show that he had money and that he represented um, power and place. He consulted with white doctors because there weren't any black doctors to be had. And he would send people and say, send this note along. I think you need medical help. And he would send a note to the white doctor saying, I'd like you to see this patient, signed Jim Jordan, and they would see that patient. So he operated as a fixer. And that is um, um, a wonderful role for the root doctor is to be a go-between. 
he also made sure that people who wanted to join the army, which was segregated at the time and was very hard for black people to get into, could join. And he also made it possible for people who didn't want to join the army to get draft exemptions. He did a lot of work that was social while at the same time um, only presenting to the public as a root doctor. Wow. Yeah, that's fantastic. Absolutely. I mean, the the idea of a person who can be a go-between, a mediator between communities is something mm-hmm. even desperately needed today. It's not just a it's not just something from a bygone era, but you can mm-hmm. definitely see that position. Another thing to consider is a uh, uh, if you're a professional root worker, uh, having some type of free candle service. People often think of candles as just so something you can buy, but for example, Missionary Independent has a free candle service. I have it. Many people do. For people who are in difficult straits, again, this is a service to the community, who can reach out and say, hey, can you please put an emergency candle out for me, a free candle? You know, this is just a small standalone candle. It's not a vigil candle, but it, it's, it's a, an, a, an offering to the community to pray on their behalf, to assist, to recognize that you're not just working for, you know, uh, soccer moms and, 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 and everyone who can afford it, but sometimes you're working for working class people who can't afford to buy a candle at that particular moment. It's a way of spiritually giving it forward or, or, or paying it forward. And you'll be surprised that the people, when things work out for them, they in turn will try to help out other people. But I've had it in instances where I've prayed and done a free candle and then that person got the job and they turn around and say, hey, can I buy some candles for someone else who comes along the way? So they in turn pay it for So putting up some type of free candle service. Yeah. Just as a little side note on um, Jim Jordan, I recommend the book, uh, The Fable Dr. Jim Jordan by F. Roy Johnson, and that will give you mm-hmm. uh, the information. There also is a, uh, a brief video clip about him. If you're a member of my um, Hood Root Work Correspondence course, go into the section of the Lucky Mojo uh, Forum for Students and look for the African American Video of the Day section, and within that, just look for the Jim Jordan video. It'll tell you a lot about what it means to be a go-between between a minority community and a majority community. Now, uh, Miss Michael says she reminds herself to offer free one-night oil lamps for those in need. Absolutely. The oil lamp service is what I was referring to when I said that was the first community altar that I had seen, and many people um, use that form. If you can do it, um, by all means, offer that. Or, um, as California Sister said, light incense once a day, light a candle once a day, and offer up your prayers for everyone. And I'm going to go back to the idea of using newspaper articles, because I I mentioned it, but I didn't explain Mm -hmm. how I do it. So you cut out, now in the old days, you had newspaper, right? You cut out the newspaper, and it would say that, you know, Mrs. XYZ was was arrested for such and such and and is being railroaded well I'm just abbreviating here it's being railroaded into a lengthy prison sentence for killing her abuser because she's black right you know the story you've heard it before right so you clip out that article and you you write across it and it's sometimes very easy just to use a a marker pen or a sharpie and you just write across it your prayer dear lord protect miss so-and-so set her free you know, and you just write your prayer, and that is across the newspaper article. Nowadays, when most newspapers are, um, you know, online rather than paper, you just print out 
what you need to print out. Um, get a picture and copy-paste. Print it out on a piece of 8.5 by 11. I mean, if you've got to print the whole thing, it comes to 15 pages on your printer. Okay, so what? But I like to you know, copy-paste to make a nice little petition. There's one page. And then you uh, have that. And then you write across it, just the same way as if it was a newspaper. You write across it your protest, your desire, your wish, your prayer to God. Put that under a lamp and um, and say a prayer over it. When the matter is resolved and you set the paper aside, you don't have to make a midden like like I saw in the old days, but you can uh, just, um, when you're done with that paper, you can just burn it to ash and release the ash into the air. The uh, role of the root worker or the spiritual worker in activism is also super important here. For anyone who's been participating in protests in Los Angeles in particular, you'll notice that there's actually a very, very, very recognizable and famous figure. And she's an older Latina woman who shows up to most of these protests. And before the protest, she performs Olympia, which is a healing, uh, an indigenous healing practice in Curanderissimo. She performs Olympia, sort of broad healing upon the protesters while praying against their oppressors, usually the police or the state or whatnot. And she usually spreads out her blanket on a grassy uh, area. She's got feathers. She's got bundles of leaves. She's got incense. And so the root worker as, a, as, a, as an actual figure in a protest is also important here. You can do an immense amount of community work by praying for those people who are physically standing up for the marginal. You can pray for them. You can participate. You don't have to just do stuff at your altar. Imagine carrying a mojo bag during a protest, laying out powders during a protest. Quite famously, uh, the late, great Dr. E., talked about how he would gather ancestral graveyard dirt, mix it with sachet powders, and lay them out at City Hall before any protest so that he could rise up the spirits of people who stood behind uh, justice workers in the past and bring them forth and bring them to bear in current matters. So there's a way that you can get involved in activism as well. And these are essential ways of building, supporting, and healing a community, taking a step outside the altar and actually standing lockstep with people who are uh, protesting injustice and inequality. That's a really wonderful thing to do. And I'll tell you another one that's going back to the old hippie days. Um, there were a number of people, and I don't know who started it first. I really don't, but I was definitely one of the people who did it, who would um, bring flowers to protests. And um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, I grew up in an area where when the flowers are in bloom, they're everywhere. And a lot of people use flowers for hedging or put them in the parking strip. And legally, the parking strip belongs to the city, and you can pick all of the daisies you want. <laughs> but I always picked them very nicely. I was very, very, you know, I never, I never decimated any one plant. But I would show up at protest <laughs> with many, many flowers, and I would. Um, just use the flowers as blessings to people. And um, it's not hoodoo, it's hippie, but it's hippie hoodoo. And um, you can, um, you know, giving people a flower at a protest nowadays might seem very old-fashioned. But, you know, by the time I started doing this in the 60s, and eventually there was this silly song, when you go to San Francisco, be sure to wear some flowers in your hair. I hated that song. Oh, my God, what a repellent, you know, uh, commercialization of a lifestyle. But... 
it actually was true. Uh, there were people handing out flowers all over by then. Oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of um, of doing social justice work, I mean, I know that we've talked a lot um, about doing protective social justice work. I, 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 you know, along with making sure that you have some type of ongoing work to keep the spirit of justice alive within your community, I would also say look at doing some type of, like, um, online social activism. And I, I speak more about um, – I, I work a lot technologically, in a, you know, in a magical perspective. So if you see, for instance, like a tweet or a post or something that happens to um, be stirring up a lot of negative tension or it's causing a lot of um, chaos, you can actually take that tweet. You can take a, screen, a, a screenshot of that tweet, and, and you can work that tweet, like either with banishing um, candles or banishing work, to, to mitigate or minimize the effect that it's having on your community or on your country. Uh, so there, there are other ways if you cannot physically go out to do some of this work. You can do this right from your home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Being um being in the community is really valuable. Another thing that again just speaking about going to protest, bring water bottles. People like to have water. Bless the water if you can. Um while still sealed, presumably. Um there are many ways to protect people at um at rallies for social justice. Hopefully we won't be needing as many of these. Uh, in future months because we're going to have a more calm and orderly society, we hope. But there still are um, loose, um, angry people going around and committing, you know, terrible acts of Karenism and and threat and racism. And it's a good idea to be prepared at any given time for that kind of event to happen and be prepared to comfort those who have been assaulted and and who are under attack and to go to their defense physically. I'm not just talking about using conjure now, but I'm saying, you know, put your put your body on the line and also be prepared to give spiritual aid. In other words, sometimes when a person has been assaulted, they're shaking, they're in shock, they're 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 really um and by assaulted I mean, you know, some Karen comes out of the blue and just starts cursing up and down and, and charging in on them and running back and charging in on them. You've seen the Karen videos, you know what I'm talking about. And um they they're they get shaken up and they're they're they need to know that somebody's there for them. So a good a good hand touch, um, Reiki also helps. But but also um, giving them a moment of time and a moment of prayer is really important. Just saying, you've got to be on the streets as well as behind the altar. I just want to take a moment. I was on mute chuckling, but uh, I think the term Karenism, oh, my God, so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Thank you. We've all heard the term Karen, but Karenism <laughs> is is excellent to describe. <laughs> Really, this yeah. phenomena of people being caught on I think on I video. just made that up. I don't, I don't think I quoted. It's so good. No, that's so good. We're going to say, from now on, that's what we're going to call these acts, uh, an act of Karenism. I mean, that's so phenomenal. You know where I got it from? Being Jewish, Jewish it was just a warp on Karaites. The Karaites, uh, right? So it was Karenism. Yeah. <laughs> sort of between the Karaites good. and Jainism. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's good. It's, it's definitely, That's it's how the gonna, brain works. Is, 
it's yeah, I liked it too. Me. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it was very inventive. But another thing that, I, like, especially when it comes to the Karens and and, and what the, those figures of the world is, don't be afraid. Community work isn't just always about uplifting. It is also about calling for justice. It's also about calling for people to be held accountable. And we really do live in a society where accountability seems to be just out of reach of certain people, right? People who are extraordinarily wealthy don't face accountability. They don't face any form of justice. And so the legal system doesn't work in that instance. But this is when the spiritual worker can step in. You see that video of the person who's uh, using racial slurs, who's dropping the N-word? Print a picture of their photo. Burn a black candle on it. Put them in a freezer Mm -hmm. jar. Bind it up. Even if you can't do anything else, print out their photo, cross out their eyes and cross out their mouth. Shut them up. It's not just about uplifting and healing and light, which is important. It also has to be balanced by justice, accountability. Mm -hmm. People need to feel the sting of justice. They need to hear God's hand give them a nice smack when they've crossed that line. So whether you're working mm-hmm. against the, oppre- the oppressive sheriff or the local politician or just that person that got caught on the Facebook video, just throwing out that N-word, print that video up, say a quick prayer, say that psalm, make sure that you're also calling for justice in that work. And this is something that, that I'm a big proponent of, that in addition to doing political activism and political magic, I'm a big believer of praying against the wicked politician, praying against those that harm our communities, that harm the individuals in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there, this this idea of um, what you said, printing out the photos of the Karens, crossing out their eyes and mouths and calling for justice, mm-hmm. um, I think that's a really nice way to work. There's another um, little wrinkle you can add to it. Uh, there's an old technique called singeing a photo. Where you um, take and um, you know use a match or just a, or the edge of a candle, you know a small candle with not a big flame, and set the thing on fire. Lick your fingers, put it out, and you go all around the edge uh, and prepare it by singeing it. If you cut out the photo uh, away from the background so you have an actual standing photo of the person, it's like a doll baby, and you just start with a good edge and you just start singeing it and singeing it, and you make it hot for them. You can also if you wish, treat that doll as you might any other paper-type doll. You can smear dog poo on it, um, especially effective for the Karens who um, call the police on black people <laughs> while they're walking their dogs. <laughs> and I think you all may remember that episode where a bird watcher named Chris Cooper got the cops <laughs> called on him by a lady who was who was uh, let her dog off the leash in a restricted area, and he said, hey, put mm-hmm. your dog back on the leash, and she called the police. Um, so, yeah, dog poo was good. Um, to to smear on that, let it dry, and then uh, singe those um, singe those Karens. <laughs> Sorry, Evan uh, Lionheart says on this episode of Karen added again. I just got I got to give a shout out. There's a there's a YouTube channel called Karen Apocalypse. If you don't watch Karen Apocalypse, you you you've missed a few hundred Karens. It's a pretty cool um, YouTube channel. <laughs> I love it. I I, I watch it. Right. So, um, there's a there's another thing that I think is real important to do. And going talking back to uh, calling for justice, there are sections of the Bible, and there are better Bible scholars than me, um, which deal with. 
um, calling for justice and um, freedom from oppression. I recommend that any of you go to your Strong's Concordance online or your big old chunky book of Strong's Concordance and um, and look up some of the psalms and prayers for justice and for um, freedom from oppression. There, Particularly there are psalms that are used this way, and um, one of them that I happen to like is Psalms number one, which tells you that the bad people cannot stay in the congregation of the Lord. And this is very useful um, for uh, working against those who practice hate under the guise of practicing religion. They call it religion, but they're really practicing hate. And Psalms number one is to um, remind God that they do not belong in our congregation. Um, and Conjurman, you have one. You just called out one here. Uh, Isaiah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my favorite, Isaiah 10, verse 1 and 2. Woe to those who decree iniquitous decrees and the writers who keep writing oppression to turn aside the needy from justice and to rob the poor of my people of their right. The widows may be spo- that widows may be spoiled and that they may be fatherless their prey. And make fatherless their prey. It's such a good one. I'm a fan of any verse that starts with woe. <laughs> woe to those. <laughs> I mean, I I know this is a little bit, it seems a little bit off context, but I, I do like modifying scripture sometimes for work. Um, I like Genesis 13, 9, which actually, it kind of, it kind of talks about it, like separate the, I pray thee from thee, the left hand, then will I go right, or if to the right hand, then I will go to the left. So there's a separating element there as well that you can kind of use, especially, um, you know, when you want, I, I would say when you want to gently like kind of push somebody away without maybe like that rending effect that Psalm 1 seems to sometimes bring. Mm-hmm. And then there's always our good old favorite, Psalms 59, for the unregenerates. Mm-hmm. And, but that's only used against unregenerates. I mean, that's used against the real Mitch McConnells of the world and the yeah. Donald Trumps. You don't just yeah. use that one against a Karen, you know. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I I love this conversation because we're all having a good time. Uh, if we had this radio show before this recent election, we'd be all doom and glooming over in the corners, and woe is me, and uh, and uh, and uh, sackcloth and ashes. But we've got a little laugh and a little spring in our steps, don't we? Um, There's hope in the distance. <laughs> yeah, we're we're hoping, we're hoping, um, we're hoping for for better times, and um, I think it's important that we recognize that there's another thing we can do to build up communities, and that is money. Money is needed. Yes. None of us are rich who listen to this radio show anyway, or if they are, they haven't sent me any of it. So here we are with our little widow's mites and our little nickels and dimes, and and we're, we're trying to get by. But money is a token of affection. Money is a token of concern. And I'm going to just put a shout-out here to the Air Pro Bono Fund. So the Air Pro Bono Fund is a 
section of the Association of Breeders and Root Workers, of which we are all members, except for Doc Murphy, but she will be someday, I'm sure. Um, and maybe Tony, I will too. And um, and so the uh, pro bono fund collects money and uses it to purchase hoodoo spiritual supplies from a variety of manufacturers and also just to pay for the postage for donated spiritual supplies and to pay for readings from diviners who cannot afford to give them away for free endlessly. It also um, administrates the free readings donated by members, other members of AIR. And the um, chairwomen of the Pro Bono Fund are Miss Michael and Lady Muse. And if you want to donate to the Pro Bono Fund, you can go to AIR, look up the Pro Bono Fund, and you can pay by PayPal, just send a little money, and that money will go to buy spiritual supplies for those in need. We do not do love work or anything like that. We're doing work for people's livelihoods, for their their financial help, and for court cases, and for all the things that a good go-between would do. Also, at AIR, there is a, a fund that is variously known as the Black Cemeteries Fund, the Cemeteries and Churches Fund, the Cemeteries, Churches, and Synagogues Fund, the Cemeteries, Churches, Synagogues, and Mosques Desecrated by Nazis Fund. That fund, which eventually will have a real name, um, you can also donate there. And we send money to exactly what I said, black cemeteries, black churches, synagogues, and mosques that have been desecrated by neo-Nazis for rebuilding. And that is something else that you can do. And um, and and please consider it. You know, in in your work, collecting a little bit of money. So how do you collect that money? You put a little bowl out, and every day you put in a penny. That's the widow's mite. You know, put in a two pennies. That's the, the two little widow's mites there, and that's it. You know, and then eventually you'll have a bowl of money, and you can. Um, go down to the bank and turn it into a larger piece of money and you can send that money through the mail or you can just uh, PayPal that money and take the the $10 bill or whatever you've uh, created out of those pennies and um, use it yourself. And then PayPal, it's equivalent to the Air Pro Bono Fund. So I recommend that highly to those Mm -hmm. who want to work um, and who are not professional root workers. Uh, Just donate to someone who is doing good work. And you can also send that money not to air, but to any other fund, any other uh, uh, group that is working for the good of all. Uh, you know, you know who they are. Okay. Mhm. Mhm. All right. Well, here's our music, and um, I want to thank you, Evan, for bringing us a very lively topic. A lot of lot to say today, and we're going to go to our uh, first client, and. Uh, See what's up. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. And by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners, located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's client. Our caller is Joanna, calling from area code 606. Joanna, are you there? Uh, Yes, yes I am. Wonderful, Uh, welcome, and thank you. How are you? 
I'm good. All right. You indicated in your uh, submission that you had no readings on this particular situation with our co-hosts today. Is that true? Uh, yes, that's correct. Okay. And here is the situation, and Joanna writes, I'm worried about my situation in the coming months. I work part-time as a community college teacher. I would like to work full-time, but I haven't been able to. I need to find either a full-time job or another job in order to have enough money next year, and I wanted a reading on the subject. I am currently in my Saturn return, and Saturn conjuncts my IC. Mm. Oi. <laughs> Oi, very smear. <laughs> um, so the... Um, uh, that's not so good. Um, sorry to hear that, Joanna, because that's going to be with you for a lifetime. On the other hand, you can turn it to your advantage because um, when uh, Saturn is prominent in your chart like that, you will find that the latter half of your life, as you become older, will assume a gravity and a, a weight that actually will help you. So be of mm-hmm, good mm-hmm. cheer. Um, you didn't mention what sign you are. You said you're in your Saturn return, but what is your natal solar sign? Uh, Gemini. Ah, Gemini. Well, that will give you some weight because Geminis tend to be, as I was mentioning earlier with my mere Gemini rising, we tend to flutter Mm -hmm. about like butterflies. And having a prominent Mm -hmm. Saturn like that will actually modify some of that um, Gemini nature. Having two jobs is really cool for a Gemini. Just saying, um, mm-hmm. having having two jobs for for a Gemini sometimes is the right thing to do because they are double bodied sign. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, um, just um, I, I don't know if this is terribly relevant, but uh, Gemini Sun, Scorpio Moon, Libra Rising. Oh, and Libra Rising <laughs> is also one of those double bodied. Yeah. Yeah, Scorpio Moon is 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 good and deep. Okay, that's very interesting. Well, I'm going to have um, uh, mm-hmm. take a back seat here, and Ollie will do your first reading. Evan will do your second reading, and I'll be providing some root work advice at the end. So take it away, Conjure Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, <clears throat> yeah, I'm happy to do this this reading. Uh, just a, a heads up: there's a lunar eclipse happening in Gemini tomorrow, and I always mm-hmm. advise clients to avoid doing any type of magical work when the lunar eclipse is happening, but doubly so when it's in your sign. So just mm-hmm. avoid any type of magical work for the next couple of days. Just be mindful of that. It takes a few days for the moon to move through the sign. Once it's out of the sign, you can then resume any type of magical work that we're going to give you uh, on this radio show. Now, what I've done here mm-hmm. is pulled a, a geomantic chart to take a look and see what your finances look like. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a university professor myself, so I know the academic situation is not an ideal one right now, and the work situation is not particularly ideal, doubly so mm-hmm. for community colleges. And it, there is a weird, really unfortunate weird trend in, in academia where part-time, transitioning from part-time to full-time, is difficult for some reason. We see this at at colleges all the time mm-hmm. where a, a full-time position opens up and it goes to someone else rather than the adjunct yeah. that's working there. So uh, yeah. there's a, there's an ongoing reality that you're dealing with. And then we're going to take a look sort of spiritually, is there is there something to be concerned about? So the very first figure that we have here is a miso, and a miso is a figure of loss. And it just speaks to your anxiety, the fear of the loss of income, the fear 
of losing financially in the year to come. And so it tells us we're on the right track. We're sensing this anxiety. It's a very palpable, real, and justified feeling. But what does it mean for you? Is Should you be worried about your money? So we look to the second house in the geometric chart, which governs your financial matters. And here we have uh, uh, Draconis, the tail of the dragon, which interestingly enough, in astrology, the tail and head of the dragon are associated with the eclipse. So there we go. Oh, wow. Um, but Cauda Draconis here. Uh, is an indication of things closing. So yes, there is there is some worry here. There's a possibility of your finances actually getting a lot tighter in the year to come in 2021. Mm-hmm. That far from the idea of going from part time to full time, that you may actually have a tightening of your income, whether it'll be uh, a decrease in pay or it'll be less, mm-hmm. uh, you know, classes that are offered to you or something along those lines. This is further uh, compounded by the fact. Sorry, uh, the situation right now is that um, do is that currently I'm teaching uh, three classes, which is how uh-huh. it is now. But but I'm only signed yeah. up for one going into the following uh, year. Ah, uh, there you go. So that's that's the closing down, going from three classes to one. When you're a part time or when you're you're adjunct or whatnot, you get paid for classes, and that can have an impact. But also just the the moving down. This is universities, colleges, etc. They're scaling down. They're trying to save money and. They're doing it in the worst mm-hmm. way possible rather than cutting the salary of the, the you know, the chancellor that's making $500,000 a year. They're screwing over the part-time workers, right? So mm-hmm. the, that's yeah. how to draconic. That's the shrinking down. But then there's a further complication to this. There's even more going on that in addition to the shrinking of resources, which you've already confirmed uh, that the readings picked up on, this figure then passes into the third house of local matters, your living situation and whatnot. So there is an unexpected uh, expense that will likely show up at the beginning of the year, probably around March or April, that may be related to repairs of the home, repairs of the house, repairs of plumbing, or something along those lines, where there'll be a sudden expenditure, and that sudden expenditure will force uh, money out. This can also be related to siblings, so it might be related to siblings, but generally this is a house expenditure or a local expenditure, some type of spending that you have to do that will leave you in a more difficult position financially. Now, the good news here is that none of this is stated and none of this is set in stone because the final figure that we get here is Fortuna Minor. Now Fortuna Minor is a little fortune, meaning that you can do stuff in order to fix this. There are limitations. You are not going to walk away in 2021 making six figures. You're not going to walk away in 2021 being in a financially perfect, but you can stave off sudden the sudden expenditure that might be showing up in April. You can do stuff to ensure that the income is flowing. So it's not an ideal situation, but root work here can be possible. You should be working heavily with the sun. You should be working with money drawing products. You should be working with something physical like a talisman or a lodestone or something along those lines. And, and, and this is just a sort of signaling to, to, to Miss Kathy giving you a root word of some uh, ideas that, that are shown up in this chart here. Something more long-term that will address your financial situations over the entire year. So don't expect the year to be financially prosperous, but you can address these immediate threats, the fact that you've lost uh, a little bit of income from the, the signing of the class. You can do something to help pick up the slack there. You can do some money protection work to avoid the sudden expenditures, all of that will help to see 
you through 2021 and then hopefully build towards something a little bit better down the line. This is what I see here. I'm going to turn this over to Evan, who's going to do your next reading, and then Miss Cat is going to give you root work advice. Awesome. Thank you so much, Conjaman. And hello, Joanna. Thank you for letting me read for you today. Um, I do yeah. want to confirm for you, I, I am seeing something very similar with what Conjaman is seeing in terms of needing to prepare financially for sudden and unexpected expenditures. I'm reading from a slightly different deck today. I'm actually using the Hoodoo Tarot by uh, Tiana McQuiller. And this deck is very interesting. It has a lot of symbolism in it. The first card that we have is called John Horse. It's very symbol. Uh, symbol- uh, sorry, similar to the emperor. And John uh, Horace is actually a well-known um, worker known as Juan Caballo, who was a, a worker in Florida. He was actually, um, I believe, inducted into the Seminole Indians. But in this card, he's sitting at an altar holding a knife, and he's actually clutching um, his fist closed in a state of preparedness. And there's a panther that's down here as well preparing to attack. So there's something about this here that Spirit is almost asking you to start preparing to shore yourself up from this expenditure and the expenditures um, that may be to come. Now, I I know that currently you're in a place where you're transitioning between working three jobs to one job, and that can feel a little bit dissatisfying. But there's also something that seems to be very present here, which is there's a lesson in choosing the jobs that you that you, that you involve yourself in. And I know Ms. Katz spoke to you about exploring or, or being open to the possibility of having multiple jobs. I'm definitely seeing that here, and I'm also seeing where there's a need for you to focus in on what types of jobs you're looking for. The middle card that I have here is the Mother of Knives. This is a woman who is actually using a knife to divine using bibliomancy. She's using the Bible here to, to determine and to ascertain information. With this, I'm, going to, um, I'm not going to give you any root work recommendations, but I am going to give you a very mundane recommendation, which is to start outlining very clearly what you're looking for in terms of work in 2021. Give yourself 10 different tips that you can pretend, or not tips, but um, 10 different traits that you're looking for in a job that you can align yourself with either through working with incense or working with in a conjure sense. Because what I am seeing is that you will have avenues open. It may be a couple hours here. It may be a couple hours there just to supplement that income and, and, and keep ends um, together. But there are opportunities opening for you, but you will need to shore yourself up at least for the first six months or so. The final card that I have here is the Eight of Knives. And this is a man who's standing in the middle of a four-way crossroad with two swords flanking each side of the road. So this shows multiple, uh, multiple possibilities. It shows multiple avenues, but you have to take a direction. You have to start taking some semblance of um, not necessarily control, but start or- organizing this the way that you'd like to see it in the hopes of bringing about a better result. Um, so that's kind of what I'm seeing here with my cards. I'm going to turn it over to Ms. Pat so she can provide you with some root work. All right. Thank you. Both of those were really good readings. I'm going to uh, take my cue from something that Contraman said. He said, use solar power. Usually when people think about working for wealth or prosperity, they think of Jupiter. But I'm going to go with the sun instead. Uh, Jupiter is the opposite of Saturn in terms of the planetary ascriptions. But right now, uh, Jupiter and Saturn are doing this complicated dance, which is not beneficial to anybody. And so I'm going to go just avoid that and just go to the solar aspects that 
Conjurman mentioned. So I'm going to give you some spell work that comes from a book called The Guiding Light to Power and Success, A Study in the Use of Candles in the Search for the Truth by Mikhail Strabo. And this book was first published in 1942. And um, I'm going to kind of combine a couple of different candle workings that um, Mikhail Strabo recommended. So um, one of the things he talks about is uh, working on a Sunday. Of course, this is pretty well known to work on a Sunday for the sun. And he gives a list of um, herbs that you might want to use. Uh, The incense is frankincense, and the flowers on the altar may be yellow yarrow, orange calendula or marigold, or yellow daisies and sunflowers. Uh, You're going to dress a yellow or golden metallic candle, with sun oil, and uh, and that will be what you burn. Now, he recommends you can use the hymn to Apollo or the sun, the Orphic hymn. But I'm going to go to another spell that he also mentions, which is uh, more um, biblical than less Orphic. <laughs> and this is um, a spell for wealth that uses a gold candle and Psalms 150. So again, he talks about having a gold, golden, gilded candle. Uh, If you cannot get one, use a yellow one. And you, again, are going to be using the same herbs that I mentioned. But now you're going to, around that candle, you're going to put coins. And um, you're going to burn this on a Sunday. And you're going to recite the 150th Psalm, which is a psalm of praise to God. And you will... Read that psalm, which is quite short, three times each time you light a candle. And you can light these candles every Sunday until you get the job you need. And the psalm is very simple. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's the one that begins, Hallelujah, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in the firmament of his power, praise him for his mighty acts, praise him according to his abundant greatness, praise him with the blast of the horn, and so forth. And this psalm is simply praising God and therefore being blessed by God. The coins that you're going to put around the candle, I would recommend um, for you, because you are a um, female, to put out the Sacagawea golden dollar coins. They have the Native American lady with a little papoose on her back. Any kind of coin that is... um, brass, yellow, gold. You can use dimes and nickels and pennies if that's all you've got. Quarters as well. I want you to put those coins around. Every time you light a candle, you can add more coins and make a sort of a circle around them. You're going to end up with an altar with a lot of money on it if you keep on doing this. It's going to take a while because, as Conjurman said, this is not going to come right for you right away. It's going to take some time. So, um, as you build up that money, I want you to dedicate that money to those who have greater need than you. And we talked earlier in this show about the need for supporting the community. And so wherever you feel your money could go to help, whether it's um, helping um, the local branch of the NAACP or helping feral kitten rescue. Whatever it is, it's something from your heart, whether you're a Catholic and give to the St. Anthony poor box or whether you're an environmentalist and and give to the Wilderness Society. Whatever it is, find some place to send that money. Send it to Smile Train for the repair of, of uh, cleft lips and palates. 
whatever it is, you you know there are people in more need than you. So this kind of goes to the idea of harnessing yourself to universal justice and universal help. And then as you do that, ask that you be helped. And those who the money will help will say a thank you, and that thank you will redound unto you. Okay, so that is the spell I would like you to do. Very simple. If you want to have a talisman, you can um, take a solar talisman of any sort and use that um, among the coins and wear it, or take any one of those coins and carry it as a talisman. That's a good way to work. If you want to dress the candle with oil, I would use sun oil. Possibly combine it with um, prosperity oil, and uh, that would be a, a really nice combination. Okay, that's my idea of a work. Anybody have anything else to share or add? Um, I, the only thing I would say is that timing-wise, I would work when the sun is rising uh, and when the hands of the clock are, are rising uh, in order Thank to you. time the work that you do. Thank you. I left that out, and you knew it. <laughs> that's very good. <laughs> yeah. No, I yeah, I, I absolutely um, – oh, sorry, Ms. Cass. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, I, I absolutely um, – I, I think that spell is beautiful. I love solar energy. Uh, but um, I, I think the only thing I would really add on is just if you if you are um, you, more divinatorily um, – oriented, I would probably try to use the Bible or use any book that you're comfortable with to confirm any type of job offers that you may get in the interim. Um, there, there is something about this mother of mine is using this, this book mm-hmm. to confirm mm-hmm. what she's getting. So there is something here where, and also all of these figures are using something sharp. They're using a knife, a mm-hmm. sword, or, or their swords flanked around them. So there is something about cutting away to clarity, especially when you're being presented an offer, because I don't, I don't know if it would be in your best interest to accept something out of desperation. You probably want to accept something that you know is right for you and you feel connected to it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Just to go off of what Evan said, and I think Evan's hitting something right on the the nail on the head here, is that what we've been seeing is that uh, because of the pandemic, a lot of these places, they're holding out people's seasonal contracts and waiting late to create a sense of desperation or sort of last minute and then offering a less than ideal situation. So, Oh, we, we, we want you to work actually for teach four classes, but it's actually going to be for less of a rate. And people are so grateful that they get the contract that they're willing to sign on for that. So that discernment there is very important that everyone's picking up on. Be very cautious of what contracts you're being offered. Yeah, and as I said earlier, as a Gemini, you might do better to seek a second job in an entirely different field because Geminis, more than any other sign, can handle two diverse jobs and do very well at it. Good luck to you. Mm-hmm. All right, here comes the dance music of the century. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific 
Add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Evan Lionheart of readingsbyevan.com in New Jersey. Take it away, Evan. <laughs> thank you so much, Doc. And thank you, everyone, for letting me uh, be on the show today. I'm bringing you a special ritual that is uh, titled With Liberty and Peaceful Transitions for All. So this is actually a spell I'd like you to begin on Thursday, December 10th because that will make it 40 days till Inauguration Day, and you'll see why this makes sense. You will need a printout of the Six of Swords, a small printout of your country, and you may also want to include photos of any soon-to-be-elect party members. You'll need some brown sugar, some white sugar, some vanilla bean pieces, some cloves, lavender, the shell of a whole walnut, six broom straws, peace water, tranquility oil, a white plate, white thread, a black or blue pen, white or blue taper candle, and something to set it in, and a clean jar to put everything in. You're going to start by taking the printout of the Six of Swords and writing a prayer from your heart for peaceful transition for your country. You can use a psalm if you choose, such as Psalm 1, like we talked about earlier, or Psalm 91. You're going to set this aside, face up, on your white plate. Next, take your clean jar and place the broom straws inside, praying for any and all obstacles in the way of peace to be swept aside. Fill it about a third full with peace water and set it on top of the plate to the side. Next, you're going to dress your taper candle with tranquility oil and light it. Begin to make a small packet with a picture of your country and elected leaders using cloves, lavender, and vanilla bean pieces. Fold it towards you before fastening it with a thread. Place it inside one half of the whole walnut shell while praying Genesis 7-1 as you do so. Fill this half of the shell as much as you can with both brown and white sugar. Then place the empty half on top. Use the remaining thread to wrap the shell closed before using the wax from your paper to seal the shell completely. Once the wax has completely dried, place the shell inside of your jar allowing it to gently float on top of the peace water and close your jar. Burn one dressed tea light or taper daily on the jar for 40 days, after which you will take your walnut arc out of the jar and bury it under a potted plant that you'll keep in your home or around your home, such as a peace lily. Take the remaining water, pray Genesis 8:21 over that, and use that to bless and dress your home, your walkway, or neighborhood. And that's your free spell. Wow. <laughs> that is so cool. This is fantastic, mm-hmm. Evan. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Well, Nagashiva could, could not keep up with you, and he says he'll put the rest into the chat when you send it to him. So oh, I could hear you. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do ahead of time. So if you can send it to him right now via Facebook, he can plop it in, and that would be great because we want to be able oh. to get that to, to our uh, readers, or maybe you can just pop it in and type it in. You know, pop it in yourself. Could you do that? Yeah, you know what? I sent it oh, to Nagashima. There it is. Um, it and, just yeah, it just <laughs> appeared. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yay. <laughs> okay, magic says Doc Murphy. Absolutely. Thanks. Um, 
so that spell is really interesting to me, and I love the use of the plant, the peace lily. If you all don't know about peace lilies, give them a try. They are wonderful plants. Um, they're usually grown as house plants, and they um, they're they're absolutely go down call a local florist and say do you have peace lilies peace lilies are great and there's other um things in this which which to me show the depth of your thinking is very very intense but i love the idea of the walnut shell that floats um that floats on the peace water I know you told me before the show you got that from me, and I was, I was so pleased. I really was pleased. That's that was very very. But you know the way you turned it, made it your own. You know, and that's the way that um, that's the way young root workers do. You know, they they take something that an elder teaches them, and then they go, I think I'm going to shift this 90 degrees and see what happens. Right. So you've just come up with a wonderful spell, and I really love it. Um. And I love the use of the uh, Six of Swords also for the peaceful yes, transition. Yes, yes. A, a card oh, is sometimes thought of as difficult, but actually it's a, it's a, um, a card that has uh, good meanings as well. The one thing you can always say about it is when you get out of that boat, those swords are going to be left behind. <laughs> You're not taking them mm-hmm. with you. <laughs> it always yeah. reminds me of the Simon and Garfunkel song, you know, Bridge Over Troubled Water. And I think it's because of you, but yeah, yeah. kind of where I got the info from. Yeah, that's a, this is a lovely work. Now, I hope that some of y'all who are listening to this will take it to heart and try to do this work. Um, it's really, it's well thought out, really well thought out, and has a meaning for what we need to do to get our country through this transition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to mention the um, the idea of the protective spell, and I think we talked about this earlier, the idea of a protective spell for the incoming administration due to the threats of violence and due to the um, angry racism surrounding the election of our first black female vice president and you know those those wicked people come out of their hidey holes when things like that happen so i would also recommend um doing a little bit of protection work for those who need it and keep that on your altar as sort of a permanent idea for uh uh, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris and for anyone who is speaking up or is part of the transition team what do you have yeah, to add, yeah. Ollie? I would just add that I, I think that's fantastic, but also to to say a prayer of protection for your local communities as well. Um, you know, if you're if you're a person who's coming into a, a black tradition, but you're not caring about racial injustice or racial inequality or your local black church, you might want to ask yourself why you're in hoodoo in the first place. And if you're out to make a buck, you're kind of missing the part that this is a community tradition, a cultural, spiritual tradition of a people. And so recognize that that saying a prayer, that that part of your job, I should say, your duty, your responsibility uh, to do good, and that good should be directed at marginal communities, to the black community, the Jewish community, to synagogues and black churches, to trans people, to LGBTQ people, uh, poor people, working class, speak up for the oppressed. Yeah. And I'll add on to you. You said synagogue, so I'll say mosques. How about it? We'll have a handshake on that, okay? (laughs) Handshake. All right. 
Well, there's our music. And um, I mean, next we're all going to break down in tears and sing Kumbaya, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Never have done that in my life. Um, it's so, 2020, never say never. I never say never, right? Right. Well, I break down in tears when I when I hear uh, the missing cousins from Oakland, California, singing "All You Fascists Bound to Lose." That's the one that breaks me down in tears. "All You Fascists Bound to Lose," and let's hope that Nagashiva can put that URL in, and we'll have another go around. I'm trying to get that song to 10,000 views. They're at 9,000 and something now. All right. Uh, let's turn this over to our wonderful announcer, Doc Murphy. Thank you, Miss Cat and Conjurman, and thank you, Evan Lionheart of ReadingsByEvan.com in New Jersey for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest will be Stuart Palm of StuartPalm.com in Hong Kong on the subject of demons, friends, and hellhounds. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Hoot Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman at conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Doc Murphy, joining you from the Twin Cities of Minnesota in Paganistan. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Hoot Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you, Doc Murphy, and thanks, everybody, for coming out for this show. Um, And I'm very, very grateful uh, for everyone who has helped along these years. I want to announce that uh, Contraband and I have been talking about a slight format change for this show starting at the beginning of the year. Uh, We've been taking one reading client rather than two, as we did in previous years, and we're going to go to a new format Uh, that's going to involve a special divination weekend, which will be, or week, I should say, Sunday, which will have just divination using all sorts of divination tools and people from the community doing divining. So more news on that uh, when it happens next year. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night, all. Good Good night. Bye.